0: Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Ghana in Focus. It's a special. It's about Russia, Ukraine and the African connection, matters arising, what Africa needs to do. So we'll get straight on into it. But, uh, just to make you aware that, uh, if you'd like to help us bring more great content, then you can, uh, Donate as little as one US dollar a month to our PayPal account and details will be at the bottom of the screen when you log into this podcast. And so we're going to get straight on to it. Russia, Ukraine and the African connection and what Africa needs to be done. First and foremost, it is a shame that some Africans, particularly in the West, have taken to the streets of Europe and have aligned themselves with this uh, European war, what it is, saying that Russia should not invade Ukraine, etc. There's two things to that. So firstly, this war has got nothing at all to do with African people. Let me repeat, this war has got nothing at all to do with African people. But there's a link somewhere which I'll get into later on. This war is, a, is, is essentially a European tribal war between Russia, Ukraine and the West. I'll just go briefly into it why it is a European tribal war for you to understand why we as African people have no business, have no place. Messing with the affairs of Europeans. So. Why has Ukraine. Or why has Russia. Invaded. Quote unquote Ukraine. This goes back. Long 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 before. Even the creation of the Soviet Union. Let's not forget that. In the olden days. When I'm talking about old. I'm talking about 300-400 years ago. That what is called Ukraine was part of the Prussian Empire. The Prussian Empire includes present day Russia, which is a massive landmass that goes all the way to Alaska, the border of Alaska, to present day Afghanistan, present day Turkmenistan, present day Ukraine, present day Poland, present day Austria, present day Hungary, and even Romania, that was all part of the Prussian Empire, yeah. That was, like I said, you know, three hundred, about 340 years ago, part of the Prussian Empire. And the Russia has always seen Ukraine as a part of Russia, just as Spain sees Basque country as part of Spain, even though the Basque people want separation from mainland Spain or from Spain itself. Just as Corsica is a part of France, even though the Corsicans won their independence from France. Just as Northern Ireland is a part of the UK, even though the Republic of Ireland has a claim to Northern Ireland, but the UK government sees Northern Ireland as part of the UK. So it is that the Ukraine has always been a part of Russia. Yeah? And if you go recently, to the Soviet Union, that was broken up in 1991, Ukraine, Belarus, the Baltic states, i.e. Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, Moldova, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, not necessarily Afghanistan, but that had a plate as well, and also Georgia. That was all part of what was called the Soviet Union back in the 50s, 60s, etc. Yeah, you know, from Stalin's time, even before Stalin's time, you talk about Lenin, yeah, Lenin, Lenin's time. So the formation of the Soviet Union, I think, in 1917, I think. So Ukraine has always been a part of Russia to the extent that Ukraine speaks Russian apart from their own Ukrainian language, and also because of the historical links, Russians. Have intermarried with Ukrainians. And vice versa. Ukrainians have married with Russians. And so. It is like they are brothers in arms. So to speak. But however. And this is where really the problem begins. When the Soviet Union. Was disbanded. So to speak. As part of the Cold War. End of the Cold War. In 1991. Russia. the Soviet Union broke up and Russia lost some of these countries that were part of the then Soviet Union. So these countries included um, Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, the Baltic states. They went independent in the 80s 90s. They also lost Ukraine as well. They also lost Moldova. They also lost uh, Turkmenistan and yeah. So all you had left of the Soviet Union was... the big landmass of Russia. Okay? And... people like Putin... have never forgotten... or have never forgiven... Gorbachev... who was used by the West... to destabilise the breakup... that led to the breakup... of the then Soviet Union. In actual fact... Mikhail Gorbachev was a CIA agent. If you don't believe me, go and do your own research. Yeah, He was used by the West to destroy the then Soviet Union. And you've got people like Putin who remember those days very, very clearly that the Soviet Union was deliberately broken up by the West. And he's of that school, of that thought that says that these states that were once part of the Soviet Union, now need to be part of Russia, as it was, like I said, back in the days of the Tsar, and, you know, those those days, like I said, 200, 300 years ago. And so, Putin has thought it fit, bit by bit, since he became president in 1999 of the Russian Federation, after taking over from that buffoon, Boris Yeltsin. Yeah, um... Putin has seen to it, has sought it, that he wants to return Russia to the glory days of the Soviet Union. And so, since he became president in 1999, bit by bit, he has begun piecing together what was taken out of Russia, i.e. the Soviet Union, those states that were taken, and has brought them back into Russia. So, you know, to Kyrgyzstan, you know, Belarus, Chechnya, Georgia, all these were so-called independent states when the Soviet Union broke up. Putin has bit by bit brought these back into Russia and now they are now part of Russia. These states, like I said, are Belarus, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Georgia, Chechnya are now part of Russia as they were back in the day. But the main reason why he's gone to Ukraine is two things. One, like I said, in people's like in Putin's eyes, Ukraine has always been a part of Russia. And more importantly, the second reason why he's actually done that <clears throat> is because he sees NATO encroaching into Eastern Europe. So what was formed the Iron Curtain? You know, Poland, Czech Republic, um, Hungary, Romania all these countries now, which, which border Russia, all these countries now are part of the European Union and also part of the NATO alliance. NATO who are not aware was founded after the Second World War. People like the UK, the US, uh, etc. after the Second World War created that alliance which is called North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, that was formed of the Second World War to protect Europe from, you know, the wars that they themselves had created. So there's, so, there's what was called, or what is called the First World War and the Second World War were actually European tribal wars that involved, that then involved the rest of the world. But in actual fact, both these wars were about Africa. I haven't got time to discuss that right now, but again for check history... League of Nations, etc., and also why Hitler rose was because Germany lost its African assets, i.e., Tanganyika, Cameroon, and what is called Togo. Yeah, those were and Cameroon, those were German colonies, and they were lost that in the First World War, and the League of Nations settled that down and gave those colonies away. So Tanganyika was was given to the British, called, called Tanzania. Uh, Namibia was given to a Dutch, i.e. South Africa That was a German colony Also Cameroon, part of that was split Part of it went to France, part of it went to the UK And Togo was given to France So that was one of the reasons why Hitler rose Because Germany had lost its influence in Africa And that precipitated the Second World War But like I said, it's a deeper story But in essence, this is what NATO is about and NATO has now encroached onto what Putin feels as his territory by you know these former communist countries, Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, Romania, now part of NATO. Putin now feels a threat and so he feels that if he doesn't get Ukraine, Ukraine may be come a part of NATO. And we know Ukraine is basically on the border with Russia. And this is why Putin has embarked on this war. But like I said, it has got nothing at all to do with African people. Yeah, because Ukrainians don't like African people. And I come to that now. And Russia don't like African people. Let's not forget, again, believe it or not, Russia used to be a black country back in the day. Pushkin, yeah? How Pushkin? Pushkin was an African man, black man. Yeah, Because don't forget, the whole world at one time was African. We have evidence, but that's for another story. But like I said, Russia was predominantly black in the day. And so they killed off many of those Africans to make it white. Just as Australia, the white people killed off the Aboriginal people from Africa or the African Aboriginals to make Australia a so-called white country. But Australia has never been a white country and never will be a white country because they use terrorism... To destroy the Aboriginal people and they took over Australia by brute force. And so people need to understand that Russia was once a black country populated by black people that look like you and I. So Russian people don't like African people. And even just recently in the World Cup, there was reports of racism, anti-black racism in Russia, leading them to the World Cup in 2018. So now we talk about the African Connection. It is a shame that even before Russia invaded, the African Union should have seen the writing on the wall and called an extraordinary general meeting of the African Heads of the State to tell their people that they need to get out of there. There was no joint statement of the fifty-four heads of the state of the African Union to make ways to get African people out of Ukraine. Because as we speak, there's more than a million Africans in Ukraine. There are many, many African students in Ukraine who have been caught in a crossfire of the Russian invasion and want to get out, but can't get out. Now, check this. I've got an article from The Independent here. All right. Uh, Dated... um, Dated the 20... No, written by... No, an hour ago. And it's from Nadine White, who's a correspondent from The Independent. It says here, Ukraine, concerns mount as black people or African people complain of racism while fleeing war zone. Now I read some article for you to get a flavor of the bigotry going on against our people in Ukraine. Scores of African migrants in Ukraine are being blocked from fleeing to safety as Russian attacks continue to devastate the country. Various trying to make the border crossings have told the independent. African people living in the region say they have been left they have been left to languish with some taking to Twitter in recent days to share accounts of abandonment. Speaking to the independent, Osoroman, a father of three, said he and his family members were waved away from the border on Saturday, i. e. yesterday, and told no blacks. Yeah, Ukraine, no blacks. That we are all simplifying for when African people want to, want to leave, they say no blacks. Since then, I've been trying to get myself together and focus as normal, but it's been difficult, he said. In all of my years as an activist, I have never seen anything like this. When I look into the eyes of those who are turning us away, I see bloodshot racism. They want to save themselves. And they are losing their humanity in the process. I cannot imagine a scenario where white Ukrainians would ever be denied asylum. So how they are treated us is amounted. It is baseless. We are all escaping. So let's push a common thread. Osarun, a Nigerian national who has lived in Ukraine since 2009, said he was currently standing at a train station in Kiev, the capital city along with thousands of others, and ensure of his next move. So you see, you see what's going on in Ukraine to African people? But yet the African Union has not got its act together and got a plane to evacuate all Africans, regardless of nationality, out of Ukraine. I hear now that Nigeria is wanting to get its citizens out, and I gather also in Ghana that going to be a meeting tomorrow Yeah, by that's been coordinated by the Ghanaian foreign minister Shirley Ayoko Butri to see about how they can get Ghanaians out of Ukraine. But this should have been done a long time ago. It is too late in the day now when bombs are flying everywhere to get African people out of Ukraine. This is a sad state of affairs. Now, like I said, this is a European tribal war, but how African people can exploit it, we need to exploit it for two reasons. One, Africa imports a lot of oil and gas into the continent, yeah? So countries like Ghana, Nigeria who have oil also import oil and also buy oil from places like Russia and Ukraine. Now, you see, if African's union had sense and African leaders had sense, these African oil producers and there's about 16 of them. Countries like Ghana, Nigeria, Angola, Mozambique, Uganda, Congo Brazzaville, Equatorial Guinea, Sao Tome Principe, Gabon, Ivory Coast, Mauritania. If these countries had sense, they will get together and use this opportunity to form an African cartel of oil producers. So you've got OPEC, which is the Organization of Petro export, export Countries. Yeah, like led by Saudi Arabia and others. If Africans had sense, we'll we'll create our own. We'll exploit the situation because now oil is trading over $100 a barrel. We could exploit the situation for our own benefit by coming together and forming an African cartel of oil producing countries. That's one way in which we can exploit the situation for our benefit as African people. Two, we can use the situation to stop our dependency on oil. African countries should use this opportunity to look at alternative solutions like biofuel, like say, so like biofuel. Things like plants, like jatropha plant, can be used as biofuel. We can look at solar, we can look at wind energy, we can look at even, you know, things like uh, coal, yeah, to use as energy and even palm nut, I bet. Palm nut can be used as. Alternative oil, even coconut oil, can be used as alternatives to the crude oil that is being fought for at the moment when we see prices now above 100 US dollars a barrel. And so African countries, if they were organised, if they were smart, they would use this opportunity when the West or when the European is fighting amongst themselves I.e., Russia, Ukraine, and the West supporting Ukraine by the back door. We could use this opportunity as African people to dictate how we can run our economies without their interference, and you know, going forward. And we could set up our own oil petroleum cartel to rival OPEC, and we could use this opportunity to, uh you know, look at strategies in which way we can become you know energy sufficient ourselves and so this is what as african leaders african countries could do to exploit this tribal war between white people and white people that is going on right now that could have that will have an effect on africa because africa is a net importer of oil and also gas as well but if we unite As Bamali said, as Marcus Garvey said, we could use this opportunity to our mutual benefit as African people. And so I hope you've enjoyed this kind of semi-analysis of the war in Ukraine and the African dimensions towards this. Uh, My name is Kwame, Ghanaian journalist, broadcaster, podcaster and entrepreneur. This has been a special edition of Ghanaian Focus and we will keep on bringing you some more great uh, content coming out of Ghana, coming out of Africa. And so to the next time, uh, look after yourselves and we'll see you for the next edition of Ghana in Focus.